This is Servant Marcia Carney with Escape to Heaven. Spirit of the Lord is upon me. His anointing is empowering. The kingdom of the Lord is within me. And He's calling Good morning, good morning. Welcome to 94.1 Wave 94. You're listening to Escape to Heaven, Servant Marcia from Heaven on Earth Ministries of Jesus Christ. And I just want to ask you something. Are you chosen? Are you appointed? Are you anointed? And how do you keep it? I know we've done great works once we receive the gospel, the word of God, knowing that our sins have been washed away through the word of God by the blood of Jesus and the fact that he has stood in substitution for all that we've done and all that we may do. But are you yourself anointed and how Do you keep it? Can you lose the anointing? And so that was my question this morning. I woke up and God led me to Samuel and reading about all of the conquering that David himself did. And uh, before I start, I just want to pray that the word of God penetrate all layers and all barriers that the enemy have placed in front of you. May your ears be opened, your spiritual eyes awoken so that you can discern and walk into the will of the Lord. May God bless us this morning as we go forth with his word. So I'm going to start at 1 Peter, the second chapter, and here's how it starts. It's It says the chapter before how you know, once we've been reborn, that uh, we've been reborn uh, with the word of God. We purify our damaged souls by obeying the truth through the Holy Spirit. And so we've been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible seed through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. And why do you want to choose that word of God, the word of God, Jesus? Why? Because flesh is as grass and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withers and the flower falls away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. So here's the word which by the gospel has been preached to all of us. And that word is that we should lay aside malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, evil speaking as newborn babes, and we should desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. If indeed you've tasted that the Lord is gracious, which we have, right? I, I mean, I can tell you what I went through this past week with one of my children, how I now realize that the child should have been dead maybe two or three months ago, but yet God's kept her so that I could run to her and give her more of the word of God. The word of God is 
forever. And and so we're to come to the Lord as to a living stone rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious as living stones being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And that means that um, we sacrifice our lives daily Daily, we, we do not um, live the lifestyle of the Gentiles, but we live the life of those that have been reborn, regenerated through the word of God. And so the scripture says, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. So the stone of stumbling, a rock of offense. So who are you and I? Let me break this down for you. You are a chosen. I am a chosen generation, royal priesthood, holy nation, special people that we may, we may proclaim the praises of God who called you out of darkness uh, and and even the praises of Jesus who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light because we were once a people, but we were disobedient. And now we are the people of God, you know, but at, at one time we had not obtained the mercy, but now we have the mercy of God. Uh, we are sore donors. We are pilgrims. So therefore abstain from fleshly lusts because these things war against the soul. Our soul lasts based upon the, the substance and the content of your soul. Your eternal destination is determined. So we are to have conduct that is honorable among the Gentiles that when they speak Against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. So all of those words mean that once we have been born again, once we have been ordained, chosen and made royal by the word of God and the, and the destination of the father, um, we are to live our lives Differently, I'm going to go back in the Old Testament and look at two persons, two kings, because we have been, I'm going to read that Second Peter, verse 9. You were chosen generation, royal priesthood, holy nation, special people, proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We're going to look at King Saul. Because the people of God begged and pleaded and said that they want a king just like all the other uh, countries, Gentile countries, nonetheless, around them. And so, therefore, um, Saul was anointed to be king over, over the uh, country of the Israelites. And so let's go to 1 Samuel, the 15th chapter. Let me find my way there. And I'm almost there. And starting at the first verse, I, so Samuel 
said to Saul, the Lord sent me to anoint you king over his people, over Israel. Now, therefore, heed the voice of the words of the Lord. So once you become royal, then the word of the Lord will come to your spirit man or, or a man or woman of God will share with you what it is that God has anointed you for. So anointing has purpose. It's not to be worn like jewelry. It is instead worn knowing that you now have obligation unto the Most High. So thus says the Lord of hosts, I will punish Amalek for what he did to Israel, how he ambushed him on the way when he came up from Egypt. Now go and attack Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have. Do not spare them, both killed the man, woman, infant, nursing, child, oxen, sheep, camel, and donkey. So Saul took like 200,000 footmen and 10,000 from Judah. Okay. And he came to the city of Amalek and he did what the Lord said. Uh, he did let the Kenites go because they showed kindness to the children of Israel. So, you know, there again is the, the way that God moves. Right now, Saul is moving in obedience to the word of God. And notice what he did. Those that um, are shown to be aligned with the Holy One of Israel because the Kenites showed kindness to the children of Israel he allowed those, uh, that tribe to leave the, the country and the city of Amalekites, of the Amalek. And then he, uh, attacked the Amalekites. Um, he took Agag, king of the Amalekites alive, but he utterly destroyed all of the people. Uh, they were all killed. And, uh, but he spared. See, he deviated from what God asked him to do uh, what Samuel, the prophet, told him was to kill everyone. He instead spared the king as a trophy, okay, and the best of the sheep, oxen, lambs, all that was good. He did not destroy them. See, now he's making a decision about what God wants. God has already said what he wants, but now he wants to interpret his way, his understanding of what God wants. I think we all can be guilty of that at times. You know, the Lord tell us to uh, fast and pray or or he might tell us to go to a certain uh, uh, community or certain place to do his will. And we decide on the way there that we'll do this, we'll do that, because in our minds, this is what we think God would like us to do. But here we are looking in the word of God and looking at what happens with Saul when he interprets what God say instead of doing what God say. So he spared everything that he deemed to be good and, and, uh, and he was unwilling to destroy, but everything that he thought was despised and worthless, he destroyed. So now the Lord says to the prophet Samuel, I greatly regret that I set up King Saul because he's turned back from following me and performing my commandments. And it grieved Samuel. And I believe that this was after Saul had served God and had done a lot of what God wanted him to do initially when he had been appointed uh, the king of Saul. 
So um, when Samuel went to go meet King Saul, Saul said, blessed are you. So now how do you lose the anointing? By partially following what God has authorized you to do, deciding to do it your way instead of God's way. And now we see that Saul is also going to lie. He says, blessed are you of the Lord. I have performed the commandments of the Lord, which is a lie. And so uh, Samuel said, well, what is the bleating of the sheep and the lowing of the oxen, which I hear? And Saul tries to justify it and say, oh, no, we were going to sacrifice it. Notice what he says to the Lord, your God. He didn't say to the Lord, our God. So that means in his heart, he really was not following the Almighty. Okay. So Samuel said to him, when you were little in your own eyes, God said, did I not make you head of the tribes of Israel? Did not I, the Lord, anoint you king over Israel? And the Lord gave you a mission, told you to utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites. But you did not obey the voice of the Lord. Why not? And Saul said, but I have obeyed. Look, I brought back the king of Amalek and the people. So now he's shifting who was supposed to obey. God did not speak to the people. He spoke directly to Saul. This sounds very similar to Adam and Eve. You know, Eve said, but the woman that you gave me. And is that our nature? Uh, Even though God will give us a new regeneration to the point that we become a new creation, but we will still often have a tendency to do a variation of what God has asked us to do. And then when we do that, we want to blame someone else. Saul is now trying to blame the Israelites that God gave him to rule over as uh, why he did not obey the Lord. And so here's what Saul said. You have, you know, um, Samuel said, this is where we get behold to obey is better than sacrifice because rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry because why? You have rejected the word of the Lord. And so now God will reject you as being anointed, as being his king, as being his chosen vessel. And at this point, Saul, instead of truly repenting, he really didn't. He said, I've sinned, I've transgressed it the commandment of the Lord. And and that's because I feared the people and I obeyed their voice. That is exactly the same sin that Adam committed because before the Lord issued his curse upon the uh, ground for, for Adam's sake, he said, because you listened to the voice of your wife. Are you and I guilty of listening to the voice of those that God has given us rulership over to impress those that are supposed to be under our leadership instead of us listening to the voice of the Lord? This is how you will lose the anointing of our father because um, you have not listened 
to to God. And even Saul tried to uh, use Samuel and said, come back to me and let us worship the Lord together. But Samuel said, I will not return with you, for you have rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord has rejected you from being king over Israel. Matter of fact, Samuel said, the Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today and has given it to a neighbor of yours who is better than you. Now, when he said neighbor, a neighbor is someone that you and I know. A neighbor lives right next door. A neighbor you observe all the time. And so literally, uh, Samuel is saying to Saul that you know this person. You will observe this person as the Lord transferred the kingdom to your neighbor. And also the strength of Israel, which is God, the Holy One of Israel, will not lie nor relent, for he is not a man that he should relent. And so um, that has given us an example of how to lose the anointing. But what about how do you keep the anointing? Let's go over to 2 Samuel and look at David, okay? What did David do that made him keep the anointing even until today through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior? And so starting at 2 Samuel, verse number 4, Then the men of Judah came, and there they anointed David king over the house of Judah. And uh, then they told David about the men of Jabesh, Gilad were the ones who buried um, uh, Saul. And then so what, what David did, he blessed the men of Jabesh. So that means uh, he is a man of wisdom. He's a man that goes after God's own heart. So because they honored the anointed one of Saul, even though he was rebellious, uh, David blessed them. And he said, why? Because you have shown the kindness to your Lord to Saul. And now may the Lord show kindness and truth to you. And he will also repay these men that buried the rebellious King Saul with kindness because they have done this thing. Uh, may your hand be strengthened and be valiant. And so he showed God-like kindness, okay? Because why? They honored the anointed one of God, Saul, even though he had not fully followed the will of God. If you also go to Second Samuel third chapter verse thirty one, uh, you will see that uh, Joab uh, went behind David's back and killed Abner, and Abner was like over the army of kings of. Uh, Ishboeth, who was the son of King Saul, the one of the remain well the remaining son that who did not go into the battle, but instead was left to take over the kingdom, and um, so Joab killed Abner without King David's permission, and so David is an honorable man. In verse 28, he says, my kingdom and I are guiltless. We do not have any guilt before the Lord uh, for killing Abner. Okay. And instead, let it rest on the head of Joab, rebellious Joab, and all of his father's house. And literally, David cursed Joab. And so he showed that he was honorable 
Starting at verse 31, then David said to Joab, the rebellious one, and to all of the people who were with him, tear your clothes, gird yourself with sackcloth. And now they're the ones that killed Abner and mourn for Abner. And King David followed the coffin. Okay. So the people saw that King David was weeping uh, for Abner and all the people wept. And, uh, and then what King Abner did, they tried to get David to eat food, but David said, no, that, uh, I took an oath. I will not taste bread or anything else till the sun goes down. Now all the people took note of it and it pleased them since, uh, David really showed himself to be honorable. So in order to keep the anointing, we've learned two things. One, you have to have godly kindness. Two, you have to be honorable. If we look at, uh, verse, um, 37, for all the people in all Israel understood that day that it had not been the king's intent to kill Abner, the son of Ner. Uh, in chapter four, starting at verse eight, uh, they brought the head of, of King Saul's son, Ishboeth, to David. These, these guys that went and literally killed uh, now, not just Abner, but now they're, they killed King Saul's son and, uh, they beheaded him and they brought the, the head to King David at Hebron. And, um, here's the, the head of Ishboeth, the son of Saul, your enemy who sought your life. The Lord avenged my Lord, the king this day of Saul and his descendants. And they thought that they were going to be rewarded. But look at what the reaction and the words of King David, as the Lord lives, who has redeemed my life. See, he did not need anybody to do anything for him because he put all of his trust and hope in the Lord. So the Lord is the one who redeemed his life from all adverse adversity. When someone told me Saul is dead, thinking I would uh, bless him or reward him, you know, Saul, they were arrested, he said, and I, I, and had them executed. Now, how much more when a wicked man have killed a righteous person in his own house, in his own bed? I, do you not know that I will require your blood and remove you from the earth? So David showed right there that he was a just and righteous man. Because these were evil men that killed a righteous man in his own bed, King Saul's son. And so David commanded these young men to be executed, cut off their hands and feet, and hanged them by the pool in Hebron. And when all of the tribes of Israel heard how David avenged their king's execution and assassination, they all came to David and said, indeed, we are your bone and your flesh. By David being honorable, kind, and even though he killed so many men, he was a warrior in the hands of the Lord, but he was a righteous and just man unto the Lord. He brought in the spirit of unity. And on this time, at this moment, this is the beginning of... um David becoming the king over all of Israel. Um, so let me continue reading. 
So verse number three, chapter five, second Samuel says, therefore, all the elders of Israel came to David and King David made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord and they anointed David king over Israel. So David was 30 years old when he began to reign and he reigned for 40 years. So um, he reigned over Judah for seven years and six months. And then 33 years, he reigned in Jerusalem over all Israel and Judah. So to remain anointed, you have to walk in the spirit of unity, righteousness, honorable and godly kindness. Second uh, Samuel, the sixth chapter starting at the second verse, and David arose and uh, he gathered uh, all the men or choice men, 30,000 men of Israel, because now he's going to go against the Philistines, which are descendants of uh, giants, of course. And um, he went against uh, these, uh, these Philistines and um, he went, to Baal Judah to bring up from there the Ark of God. So what we're learning is that if you want to remain anointed, you need the Holy Spirit to be with you. So he went to go get the Ark of God, whose name is called by the name, meaning Jehovah. <laughs> okay. And, um, the Lord of hosts who dwells between the cherubim. So they set the ark of God on a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadam and Uzzah and Ahu drove the new ark. As they were driving the ark, David and all the house of Israel played music and, you know, they're dancing and they move, they were moving the ark, but Uzzah put his hand on the ark of God, okay, uh, and took hold of it because the oxen were stumbling. Then the anger of the Lord was aroused against Uzzah, and God struck him dead for his error, and he died right there because no one is supposed to touch the ark of God, which contains the spirit of the living God. And David became angry because of the Lord's outbreak against Uzzah. Okay. But one more thing, David became also afraid of the Lord that day because he said, how can the ark of the Lord come to me? So he no longer wanted to bring the ark of the Lord into his own personal presence. So a lot of us, as God anoints us, appoints us, chose us to do his assignment, we see God, we see his works, we see his power. And, you know, you're supposed to have godly fear, but sometimes we have fear that makes us afraid to even draw near to the Holy Spirit. But see, with the ark of the Lord, there are enormous, innumerable untold blessings. And so where David left the ark with Obed, Edom, the Gittite, meaning that's a Gentile, a, a sinner. He left the ark of God among sinners. And then what did God do? God did what God does. He blessed 
Obed, Adam. And now it was told to King David, the Lord has blessed the house of Obed, Edom, and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. So it was the blessings of God, you know, that superseded the fear that David had of God himself that motivated David to go and get the ark and bring it back so that the ark of God is in his own presence in the city of David. So what we're learned from this passage is that in order for you to keep the anointing of God, you must keep Holy Spirit. You must have fear and reverence for God. You must worship the Lord. And then finally, Second Samuel, the seventh chapter, verse one says, Now it came to pass when the king was dwelling in his house, the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies all around. You want, I want to keep the anointing of the Lord in my life, on my assignment as I'm here on earth. And I'm sure you do as well. So what we have learned is in order to keep the anointing, we must have godly kindness and we must be honorable. We must be just and righteous in, in, unto the Lord. You know, we must, uh, uh, we, the spirit of uh, unity is, is with us and we bring people to become one flesh, one bone, one spirit. Uh, Holy Spirit must be with us. The fear of our God must be inside of us and upon us. And then God himself will give us rest, power and authority. And so today we, we didn't talk so much about escaping, but what we did talk about is how to remain anointed. Father God, I ask you to bless those in radio land. Lord God, give us wisdom, knowledge and understanding so that we can remain anointed, appointed, chosen of royal priesthood, Lord, so that we can uh, go forth and, and do the ministry of reconciliation, bringing the loss unto you. Father God, as you have anointed and appointed us to do so. And Lord, we thank you today. We ask you to restore us, renew us, reappoint us, Lord God, and strengthen us where we have fallen off, Lord, and give us the, the assignment, the perpetual assignment to uh, announce the gospel, to announce what Jesus did, and for us to teach those how to walk in the way. In Jesus' mighty name, my I pray, Lord, let your blessings be upon us. Where your spirit is, Lord, your blessings is there as well. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. I love you, but I gotta go. And I'll see you next time. Heaven on Earth Ministries of Jesus Christ is saying we can't wait to be with you again. God bless you. Bye.